Hey, everybody. You're listening to the Legacy Church Podcast. Legacy Church is a multi-generational church that exists to worship God, become like Jesus, and bring hope to our community. Today, we're sharing a message from our current series. We believe that the Word of God is powerful and has real-life application to our lives today. We hope that this message encourages you. Get connected and learn more about us by visiting our website at lgcy.church. The last uh, few weeks now, if not a month, this word I'm about to share with you has been on my heart and on my mind. As uh, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me, and as I was even driving up here, the Holy Spirit was showing me this word. It's a very common scripture that we've uh, looked at probably, but we're going to look at it with a different angle. And if you are one of those that writes the messages, I want you to write the title, How to Advance with God. How to Advance with God. First, we have to understand that there, is, uh, there are things we cannot do without God. Our human strength has a limitation. Even our human understanding has a limitation. There are things we can do with our natural strength. But there are many things we cannot do without the supernatural strength. We live in a spiritual world. And there are many spiritual forces that fight every day for the purposes and the plans of God to manifest in our lives. And the enemy is always constantly fighting us at many levels. Therefore, sometimes we feel like um, we are stuck in a certain position. Or things are not going well or we can't move forward because uh, there is something in front of us. Whenever there is a, a stumbling block in front of you, it means you can't move forward no matter how hard you may try until that stumbling block is uh, dealt with. It is for that reason I want to show you in the scripture in Joshua chapter 6 verse 1 to 5, very common scripture. And as I was looking at this, I was like, uh, man, this is so interesting that uh, the children of Israel, they are about to enter the promised land. But before they could enter into the promised land, they needed to deal with what was trying to block what God wanted them to do. And as Joshua chapter 6 verse 1 to 5 says, Now Jericho was strongly fortified because of the Israelites. I'm using the NIV version. Now pay attention to this scripture. Because uh, this scripture we've always looked at it uh, from the point of uh, Israel marching around Jericho. And the walls of Jericho and the walls collapsing. We don't look at the details here. Because uh, there is no way physically a building can collapse when you, when you just go and march around it. 
There is something God was trying to show them here on how they can advance no matter what is in front of you. Because God is unlimited. His power is unlimited. So here is what the scripture begins to tell us. It says, uh, now Jericho was strongly fortified because of the Israelites, no one leaving or entering. In another way, whenever there is something blocking the space or blocking a place, there is no one who could uh, come out of that place or go into that place. I was just reading the news this morning in a place where I was born in uh, Chingola, Zambia, uh, where I was born. And, uh, you know, it's a small place. I just read the news that uh, some miners, because their um, the economy is dependent on mining. And uh, yesterday, uh, some miners went into a shaft uh, and that mine collapsed on them. There is no one to get them out of there. There's no one to go in there. So that collapsing now has become a barrier between where they're supposed to be and uh, where the people should go and get them. I hope we're praying that they get all the miners out. But I just wanted to use that analogy of what happens when there is something blocking that space. God can promise you, God can tell you, I will do this. But you have to understand sometimes there is something that is blocking you from now going to access what God has said. And this is the same situation here. Look at this here. And then the scripture says in verse 2, The Lord said to Joshua, Look, I have handed Jericho, its king, and its best soldiers over to you. This is so funny. Because uh, God doesn't tell Joshua there is something that is going to block what I've already given you. All he says is, I have given you the city. It doesn't say there is something that is going to fight you here. That's why I like saying this. When God calls you to do something, he doesn't send a memo to other people to know how he has called you. That's why you may feel res, you know, some resistance in some area. You don't have to quit because they did not get the memo. You did. You see, with Joshua here, the people did not get the memo. Joshua got the memo. Number one, let's, let's look at this scripture very, very, very powerfully. Number one, first, Jericho was what? Strongly fortified. In another way, there is no way possible you're going to go in or get out. And on top of that, God says, yeah, you know what? I have actually given you Jericho. I have given it to you. Go in. But the Bible just said that no one was going in and no one was coming out. It was strongly fortified. That shows us there's only one man in the world or one person in the world who can access what is impossible. And that name is Yahweh, Hel Shaddai, Elohim, Hadonai, because it doesn't fail. What can be inaccessible to us is very accessible to God. So now listen to this here. It says in verse 3, much around the city. You must be kidding me. You said there are strong people here. All I have to go and do is marching around the city. What is God trying to do here? 
You see, God cannot do the impossible without you and I to comply. Sometimes God's instructions look so foolish. I'm telling you, that's why it is not easy to believe or trust God. I'll be the first one to tell you that. Because God can just tell you, okay, start doing this, and then I'm going to heal you. Like, God, just heal me already. And then the people that are looking at you just going like this, they're like, oh, I think uh, something is toasted up there. <laughs> Why? Because God want to do the impossible with how we comply with him. It may make foolishness as he's telling you to do the certain things, but trust me, just trust the word of God. I'm not one of those guys that uh, like can assemble, you know, those Ikea, Ikea couches or whatever, cabinet, and they send them into so many pieces. And I'm not one of them that can actually assemble that because I get bored so fast when, you know, it's not going my way. <laughs> but this week, I got something for my wife that she wanted, and then uh, it was one of those that comes into so many pieces. So I say to myself, I am not going to do something because I assume this goes here. I've had problems when I assume. Then the, the leg is facing this way. Then the other thing is facing that way. Then we have to unscrew it. I made a few mistakes, but it wasn't as bad as before. Why? Because I had to pay attention to the instructions that was given. The word of God is instructional. Yeah, I did, baby. <laughs> the word of God is instructional. And those instructions can be a command. You see, God gives instructions and he commands. If you obey, it becomes easy. If you say this doesn't make sense, it won't make sense to you, but it makes sense for the transformation or a shift to happen in your situation. Now, listen to what he's telling them there. Much around the city, with all the men of war circling the city one time, do this for six days. Is it a prescription of some tablets of some kind? Huh? Think about it. Like God just tell me to just go into the city, we, we over with this. No. One is trying to help them to understand the process of faith and the process of trusting God. As a parent of five kids, when you just go to work and you just give everything to your kids, they don't even understand how your sweat was, how people insulted you in that job, how mean your boss is, and you worked so hard, and you brought the food to the table. The kid just goes and throws it everywhere. They don't understand the pain you went through, so they can't appreciate what you brought to the table. So God is like a father who wants, first of all, you also to go through the process. You see, you can't value something you haven't fought for. You can't value something you can easily access. 
You only value what is impossible. For example, you heard, you know, uh, we, we couldn't buy a house and God provided a house. And then I look at this house, I just get amazed. I'm in this house. Why? Because my pocket could not afford. I can't even say, man, I did it. No, I'm amazed by God. That's what God wants. When you go through the process, you can appreciate him. And actually, your testimony becomes sweeter. That's why the Bible says they overcome the devil by the words of their testimony. Why? Because you hold on to this testimony to say, I have seen God work. I have seen God do miracle. I am not going to stop devil. I have seen it work. But how can you be convinced if you have never seen nothing work? The greatest problem of the church today is that we don't have a testimony. We don't have a personal testimony. That's why we can't hold on. We can't rush to church to say, I'm making it to church. No matter what, I'm going to make it. Why? Because I remember my testimony. If you all know your testimony, you will remember where to run to, to the house of the Lord. So here God is telling them, march around the city seven times while the priest blow the trumpet five. Look at five there. It says, when there is a prolonged blast of the horn and you hear its sound, after all the troops give a mighty shout. Come on, mighty shout for what? You think some of you are like, you? you are too loud. God is saying, if you can shout, that means you believe. The word I told you. <laughs> Listen to this. If you can shout, then you really want it. Then you really desire it. Then you know things will change. Because you don't just shout when you are, nothing is going on. You don't just shout like, a, hey, stop. Unless they are doing something that's going to break something and you have to get their attention. Yeah, stop. Some of you, you go like fire. Ah, stop. I'm going to bite you. Because you are convinced if you don't tell them to stop, something is going to happen. That's a shout. When you shout before God, no matter what is going on, guess who is moving out of town? The devil that wanted you to be quiet is moving, clawing out. Why? Because he believes your shout is a call for an emergency to heaven. Your shout is a call as an emergency to heaven. How do you call 911 in heaven? Rise up a shout. Don't say you are too loud. <laughs> and the enemy says, as long as you're quiet, I'm okay here. I'm going to sneak in and make you depressed. Don't, don't say nothing. Oh, I'm silently praying in my tummy. You don't pray silently in your tummy. <laughs> don't go into your bubble. Miracles don't happen when you go into your Bible. Miracles happen when you come out of the Bible. He's giving them instructions here. He says, uh, give a mighty shout, then the city wall will collapse. And the troops, look at the word, will advance. Each man straight ahead. Now, let me give you the implication here. 
Jericho, you, you may wonder why Jericho, why they needed to march around Jericho. Jericho was a pathway or gateway to Canaan, which the Israelites had to come through to get into the promised land. Just because God told them, I'm giving you a land flowing with honey and milk, it doesn't mean that the enemy wasn't going to, tr to stop them to get to the land. Sometimes it could be sickness. Sometimes it could be just challenges in our lives that comes and begin to, to, to unfold. But there is one thing that we need to remember. Following the instruction of the Bible, when we cry out to God, He hears our prayers. And the Bible says this is the confidence that we have. Why? It takes only a cry to heaven for the walls to break. Look at this here. They marched around Jericho's wall. Not that the power was in the marching. I'm not telling you to go around and start marching your house so that it collapses. What God was trying to do was for them to understand the key to advancing with God is instructions. What kind of instruction do you have? The key to come out of depression, stress, or anything is instruction. You go to the doctor, the first thing they do is what? They're going to give you what? Instructions. If you miss that instruction, you will be going back again with the same problem. Why? Because you didn't follow the instructions. We go to school for what? Not to look cute in the uniforms. We go to school to get instructed. Everything in life is instructional. In the spiritual realm, when you don't understand the instructive word of God, you will always be defeated. Why? Because you don't have anything to stand on to know what you need to do. So God was giving them instructions. Not that he couldn't break the wall by itself. Not that he couldn't actually even tell them to just open the gates and for them to pass through. He wanted two things. Obedience will lead you to follow the instructions. Disobedience will lead you to invade your own instruction that ends up in destruction. I have five kids. You give them some instructions, they don't want to listen. And then something happens, and then they, now they want to come and listen to the instructions. I tell my kids, I will never teach you something that I never failed myself. I will tell you, when I'm telling you this can bite, because I've been beaten before. So just listen, I'm not talking to you to restrict you because sometimes we feel like when we are being taught something, it's like you are restricting me. You are restricting me not to think out of the box. Come on, sometimes the box may be your safe net. Instruction. Now listen to this here. When it comes to marching, we may not physically march but we can spiritually march around our problems. How do you march around the problem that is going on in your life? 
Let me show you one scripture. Acts chapter 12, verse 5 to 7. It's a familiar scripture. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell, struck Peter on the side, and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fall off of Peter's wrists. Peter was bound. There was, we could say, there was a wall between him and uh, freedom. But the church was praying. Their prayer became like a matching orders around the problem that Peter was facing. When you understand the spiritual realm, the spiritual realm is not a quiet place. There's a lot of commotion and moving happening. So here the Bible says that Peter was in prison, but the church was marching in the spirit by praying. And these are no prayer like, oh God, we pray that uh, brother Peter, you know, is released. No. They are probably, remember shout, they are speaking into the atmosphere to declare the power of God. And the Bible said suddenly an angel struck Peter's hand that was, uh, was, uh, was, was chained down and Peter was freed. Prayer is not a quiet place. Prayer can be allowed. Why? Because your emotions are taken. The key is how desperate are you to see your situation change? Let me take you to another scripture here. Acts chapter 16 verse 23 to 26. I love this scripture. It says that after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison. This is, a, this, is a, this, this, this is Paul and Silas. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. So he's holding them. They can't advance. They can't run away. But look at this. About midnight, this time, it's not the church praying for them. It is good for other people to pray for us. But God also wants you to pray for yourself. Look what it says here. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, singing hymns to God. Hallelujah. They are not saying, oh God, look what's happening. Oh God, look what has befallen us. Oh Peter, I mean Paul is not telling Silas, hey boy, you've been too loud. I told you to keep it quiet on the street. They were going to arrest us. Ah, but you have been too, too, they are not blaming each other. There is no time to blame and point finger who has failed, who is doing well. In the kingdom of God, we don't point finger. In the kingdom of God, we all rise to declare the power of the kingdom of God. He did, she did, doesn't matter in the spiritual realm. What matters is what is your response. And here, Peter and Silas, the Bible declares they began to, to sing hymns. This is the thing the devil doesn't want. Remember when the walls of Jericho failed? What were they doing? They were singing hymns too, shouting as well. The last thing the devil wants to see you and me have is actually a song when we should be crying. 
because he loves depressed people. He loves worried people. And remember this, God does not respond to our fears. God responds to faith. But the devil wants you to look down to say, oh, it's all over for me. No, it is not all over for you. As long as you have one shout in your mouth, it is not all over for you. Listen to this. It says, uh, it says uh, at midnight, praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them, which means it wasn't a quiet thing. Like I said, in the spiritual realm, if you really understand the spiritual atmosphere, it is not a quiet thing. You can't tell the devil, Satan, just leave me alone. And some of you have pets. To get that pet off of that couch you love so much, you like, get, get out! I paid 6000 get out! You shout to an extent that if you live in a townhome, they're, they're thinking something is going on there. Why? You're not just shouting, you believe in your shout that it's going to do something. Singing and praising God, no matter what is going on, can cause you to advance. One, can put your fears to bed. Two, you give it to God because it's only God who can sort out your problem. So here's what I do. Pray, sing, give it to God, and go to bed. Don't worry about nothing that you can never fight for yourself. Don't worry about nothing that you can't change. Worry about what he can change. And how does he change it? Singing and praising. Why is it difficult to praise and to sing when something is going down? Because the enemy knows the day you raise up your voice, that's the day your confidence in the miracle-working God rises up. As a former soccer player, whenever we are playing a very good team that we knew we couldn't beat, guess what we'll start doing in the locker room? Instead of warming up just to warm our muscles, we'll start actually singing a song. It's like a chant, a song. That song, we call them a morale booster. So that when we go there, we are not scared of these guys. We have already boosted us up. Praise and worship, is, it's not only a morale booster, it makes the enemy run and scatter. Why? Because praise and worship invokes the presence of God to invade the place faster than you can ever imagine. That's why Paul and Silas, the story goes, what happens? The chains broke. Let me quickly, quickly give you Three things on how we can advance beyond any obstacle in life. Number one, follow God's instructions. Even if the journey seems impossible or full of twists and turns, just follow God's instructions. What does the word say? What does the word, don't go what does man say. Yes, man has spoken, but what does the word say? And then number, number two, obey God's instructions. Because God is not a random God. God is always intentional. 
When he just said believe, just believe. And then number three, on how we advance beyond any obstacle, any challenge, even when we feel like we are stuck, is that trust God, and not only do you have to trust God, wait on God to do what he says he will do. This may take longer. This may take a year. God works at his own appointed time. We can't make him to do things quicker than we want. He has this. He knows it. There is nothing that will end in defeat because God is undefeatable. So trust God. Trust his word. Trust his instructions. And above all, wait for him to act on your behalf. So number one, we have to also to understand we can't advance without the power of God. Each and every believer should desire the presence of God operating in their lives. The power of God is not only for preachers. The power of God is not only for those with titles. God has invested his Holy Spirit in each and every one of us. Do you know that thing that tells you don't do this? That is not your good conscience. Your good conscience has a limitation. It's the Holy Spirit instructing us. Why? Because without the direction of the Holy Spirit, we can't do that which God wants to do with us. So when we understand that we can't do anything without God, look at uh, Psalms 18 verse 29. I love this scripture on how to advance. Psalm 18 verse 29. It says, uh, for by you, I advance through a troop. By my God, I leap over the wall. David leaps over. The children of Israel had to march around for it to fall. But David says, when you have God, it doesn't matter what the enemy puts over you. You can rise above it. Why? The Bible says what? Even though we go through the valley of the shadow of death, it doesn't mean that that shadow of death is going to kill you there. The Bible says, their God is with us and he goes through the valley with us. So instead of being scared, we should invite God in our lives by helping ourselves understand without God, we can't do the impossible. Look at the other, the same scripture actually. Second Samuel chapter 22 verse 30. Samuel also mentions the same scripture, which means it's important. Look what Samuel says. It says that with your help, I can advance against a troop. What troop? A troop of sickness, a troop of diseases, a troop of the enemy. I can advance, but you have to convince yourself, yes, I can advance. That's why Samuel is saying, with your help, with God's help, I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. Look at, um, let, let, me, let me take you to uh, Romans chapter 8, verse uh, 36 to 37. Sometimes, challengers can actually help us advance. Did you know that? 
It can help us advance our faith. It can help us trust God more because now we know we can't do it without God. No challenge in front of us is there to break us down. The Bible says God tends everything meant for evil to turn our round force for the good of those who love him. Why? Because no challenge is there to break us completely down. I'm thankful to God for my enemies. I could have never been here where I am today if I did not experience rejection. Rejection became a protection of what God wanted to do with my life. Struggles sometimes can become the very stability that brings your stability in your walk with God. I'm not saying that God brings those trouble. It is the enemy that brings that trouble. But God can use our trouble to rise us up beyond every challenge. Probably you've heard that scripture that says that the anointing of God breaks the yoke of bondage. Have you? I want to share something before I share on that and we're going to end and we're going to pray. But I want to tell you that uh, some trials that we go through sometimes can be just standing between a breakthrough. Look at what uh, James says in chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. He says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. It's not saying consider your sickness as a joy. We have to understand here. It's not saying consider your pain as a joy. Because God does not bring that pain. The enemy does. But what he is saying here is consider it a pure joy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. It's easy to run away from trouble. But every time you run away from trouble, you are running away from the strength that would strengthen you in this season so that the next time the devil brings that battle, you're going to say, I stand on the solid ground. You brought this battle before. I am not going to move it is not something I've never seen before like today I thank God for all these years I've served God there is nothing that surprises me there is nothing that can depress me I've seen the bad the good the ugly even just from growing up with having nothing I've seen it all if I don't have it's not something to say God we're gonna die I just praise God and glorify God why because of something I cannot do I don't have to stress myself over it I have to let God do what he wants to do. Let him come through for me. And I begin to cry out to God to say, God, if you don't show up, I am done. I become like a devil. Don't let my enemies mock me. It is a good prayer to remind God. Don't let people make a joke out of me, Lord. 
Let your grace and your mercy come into my household. Those are no more prayers. Let me show you something. Isaiah 10 verse 27. And this is where we're going to end with this scripture. This scripture has helped me for many years to take God seriously. I don't think if you look at it, you see what I see. Let's read it. On that day, his burden will fall from your shoulders and his yoke from your neck. The yoke will be broken because your neck will be too large. Okay. <laughs> I know we say the anointing breaks the yoke of bondage, correct? If you study, please, if you study, please, it's actually the Word of God. Now, before we debate this, let me tell you about the yoke. Two oxen, they'll fit them with a yoke so that they can direct them where the farmer wants to plow. The oxen may have been maybe just small when that yoke was put on its neck. Correct? But remember, that oxen or that cow is eating every day. The cow eats every day. As the cow is eating every day, the body of the cow is not remaining the same. The body of the cow is expanding. It may take months, but as long as that cow is not on a diet, but it is eating what it's supposed to be eating, the body is expanding. The owner of the cow may not see what is happening, but inside the cow's body, the mass of the shape of the body is changing. As it begins to expand, it begins to grow. Guess what is growing also? The neck. And as the neck grows, that yoke, that used to be on this cow, automatically it just breaks off because it can't hold on to the neck. It has grown so big. So what is God saying with this scripture? God is saying, as long as we continue to feed on the word of God, in fact, other scriptures says this. It says, uh, on that day, his burden will fall from your shoulders and his yoke from your neck. The yoke will be broken because your neck has become fat. Can you look in your scripture? Can you find that scripture? That says uh, probably NAV, AJ, whatever. That says fat. Because we think to be fat is only just in the body. 
In fact, God wants us to be so fat with the Word of God and in His Spirit. Because when the Word of God consumes you and His Holy Spirit fills you, you begin to expand, your faith expands. That means sickness begins, what used to worry you just begins to drop on its own. You don't have to do nothing. Why? Because you have become so fat in the power of the Word of God. So whenever the Bible says the anointing breaks the yoke of bondage, we need to understand it is the Word of God in us that can break every barriers, every obstacle, every challenges. It's the Word of God that can advance us. So two things, three things that I'm going to recommend to you. Whenever you are going through a challenge, these three things work. One, prayer. Two, singing songs. Some of you sing in your shower. Don't stop singing in your shower. You may not have a good voice like me. The angels do not listen to good voices. They listen to the voices of desperation. How desperate is your voice? So prayer, singing, and what's the other one? The other one is the Word of God. Whenever these things begin to happen in our lives that the enemy is trying to throw at us, we need to remember, even Jesus, when He came with an anointing, before he began to preach, Isaiah 61. Let's stand. Isaiah 61. What does the Bible say? Jesus declared, simple, what sets people free, what breaks barriers. Jesus said, the anointing or the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, the covering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. The word advance simply means to move forward. The word advance simply means to move beyond the level that you may be at. The word advance simply means going somewhere. And if you understand the definition of it, it is connected to a shift of a position, shifting from one area to another. I believe God wants to shift us from sickness to healing, from depression to peace from every calamity to joy there is a shift that comes with advancement how many say there are areas I would love to advance in my life there are areas that I just feel whenever I try to do something I can't seem to pass through we all have all those areas and I'm not sharing this word with you just as a theologian or as a pastor. I'm sharing with you as a human being 
who has faced so many challenges and I began to understand how you can go through these challenges and have your victory and the God of miracles work for you. It is having an altar, a place where you cry. Don't cry to everybody, but cry to God because God he is interested in your call. Thanks for listening. To hear more, subscribe to this podcast and connect with us on our website at lgcy.church.